But church isn't for unbelievers. Let me let me let you in on another insight. The Bible isn't for unbelievers. John says, I have written unto you who believe. You know, Paul says, unto the church of Corinth, unto the church at Philippi, unto the church at so-and-so, unto the church, you know, unto Timothy, my beloved son. So he's writing to his son, he's writing to the church, he's writing to the elders. And so the Bible was never, ever intended for the unbeliever. The Bible, in fact, says in the Psalms, it says, I say unto the wicked, what right do you have to recite my laws from your lips? So now that doesn't mean the message should not go forth to unbelievers and then, you know, thereby accept the gospel and have their sins blotted out and forgiven and converted unto the Lord Jesus. But the, but the idea is this. this is, uh, these are the words of, of the covenant and so, therefore are for covenant keepers and for the upbuilding. Remember uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. It says that the word of God, it says um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God or if you're a, a fanatic, because I know some of us are linguists here and polyglots and love language, the word is theamnustas, and it means God breathe, literally breathe out from God. All scriptures breathe out by God and is useful for correction, training, uh, reproof, rebuke, training in righteousness, so that the man of God, not the man of the world, but the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scriptures are... Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Some of you are just it. It don't stick. Y'all could care less about definitions, but I know some of us are more analytically driven and love words and you know our wordsmiths. And so, um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, um, the word of God is for our upbuilding, is for our correction, is for our reproof, it's for our rebuke. Um, and um, so let this just be a learning lesson. And, and, and this has practical value, as I've said already, especially if you desire ever to start a prayer meeting. Um, and FYI, if you ever do decide to, uh, yeah, theopnustas. Theos is the Greek word for God. That's the prefix in that word. And nustas comes from the Greek word pneuma, which is spirit, wind, or breath. Um, so you put that together, God's breath, or nustas is breathe. It's the verb, breathing, breathe. And so you prefix it with the word theos, it's God breathe. So um, anyways, if, if in the event you guys ever desire to start a prayer meeting wherever you're located and you feel like, hey, I would like to learn more about that, um, feel free to reach out to me. And because... Uh, I want, I want to let you know that in addition to us coming here and praying and seeking the face of God, as well as coming on Bible studies, one of the goals here, if you were ever uh, in the dark about what the purpose of our gathering is for, it's for a number of things, for the saints upbuilding, for our maturity. <clears throat> but in addition to that, it's for the advancing of the gospel. Like, I want you guys to realize that here in our, our group, what I think is absolutely beautiful is the, the diversity. And what would have taken Paul many 
uh, months to travel from one uh, land to the other by way of, of ship, we are able to get a message in an entirely different world, uh, you know, not world, but country, by, by the convenience of Zoom. And since the anointing isn't restricted to distance, we are able to advance the purposes of God in such an effective way that was not known in prior generations. Y'all understand? And and people who aren't going Amen. with the ways of the Spirit, with the ways of God, are going to limit God to what they know uh, uh, about what God was doing a century past. And so, all I can say is this, if, devil, if the devil is demonizing our children through TikTok, and these witches going on there doing spells, then why can't we use technology to our advantage for the purposes of deliverance, for the purposes of advancing the kingdom of God here on earth? And so, uh, with that said, my hope is that prayer meetings would arise. My hope is that churches would arise. My hope is that people would get set free and delivered. My hope is that people would um, <coughs> come to the knowledge of God. And um, yes, and so with that said, I, I want to real quickly just read a passage and then we'll get praying, maybe a passage or two. I hope to make this quick, but I just want to prime your hearts for prayer. Um, it is, it is uh, spirit and word. We have to always have this in view, okay? Because my, my, my hope is that we would never become lopsided as Christians. We, we, um, what will make for our lopsidedness is if everything is word, 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 books, theology. And I'm not saying that there isn't ever a place to study theology um, or I'll discourage anybody from getting a theology degree. That's, that's never what I would say. Um, however, what I would say is this. Don't pursue more light if you're not on fire. Because that more light will only shine on on your deficiencies. You know, it's like Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, uh, what need is there for more light if you're not obeying the light you already have? So we need to obey the light that we do have. And we don't want to become walking libraries where we store up all this Bible information but never get down to the nitty-gritty of obeying the simple A, Bs, and Cs of Christianity. Is, is additional knowledge bad? Of course not. But we don't want to be bogged down by so much information, even Bible information, that our spirit man is underdeveloped. And so <clears throat> we also don't want to be so prayer oriented and worship oriented because we got a lot of people like that in certain camps, certain denominations that are, uh, they get into a lot of goofiness. They're just goofy. Like, yep. they're like, oh, Jesus spoke to me through my spaghetti today. Like, what? Your spaghetti? They're looking for, you know, those, uh, um, <laughs> What is the, sp the SpaghettiOs? You know how the ABC SpaghettiOs are looking for messages in their spaghetti bowl. <laughs> 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 
You have to forgive me. Sometimes I'm a bit uh, of a jokester. But you all know what I'm saying. It's true. Like, they're looking for everything. Like, like you know, I don't know. I mean, you name it, they'll look, they'll find a message in it. And it's like, bro, it ain't that deep. It's not that deep. <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> but they get into some goofy stuff. And, and, and if you introduce the word, they'll say, you're just being religious. Um, let, you know, actually, let me, let me, I, I really, I would want to, let me just deviate from this, um, from the verse that I was going to read. And I, I just want to read this real quick, real quickly, actually is, um, it's in Matthew, it's in the Beatitudes. And we, we are not to shy away from being instructed. Okay. Because the unfortunate thing today is that one of the very common things I see within the church is when you when you instruct them, not in an obnoxious way, not in a condescending way, not in an ugly way, not in a I'm better than you way, but in a genuine loving way. Say, look, brother, look, sister, hey, this is what the Word of God says. And um, you're out of alignment here. And I, I'm correcting you in love. Um, not because I think I'm better than you, but because I actually care about you. I care about your walk, and I don't want you to veer off in a in a bad path. And um, unfortunately, we come to a day and age where we get so offended with that. We'll say things like, who are you? Or we'll say things like, um, I don't need that. Or we'll say, that's religious. You're being religious. I'm not into religion. I'm just a relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing. You know, the people who say it's just me and Jesus, it really ain't them and Jesus. It's them and it's them and their own, uh, uh, just them and their own thoughts. They're praying to themselves. And, and what I mean by, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, the, but the reason for me saying that is because Jesus didn't just call us to, to be us and him. If that's if that's the escape hatch that you use every time, it's because you you don't really want to follow Jesus. Because what we like to do is edit out whatever we don't want to hear, and we'll we'll edit that out. We'll delete it. We'll we'll put it in the spam box or something, right? We'll do that real quick. And I get it. You know, we we avoid people who are really toxic. But being instructed in the word and toxicity are two different things. What's toxic is death. What's toxic is what your flesh would want to do. Go to bars or go hook up with that girl or go hook up with that guy. That's, what, that's what's toxic. That's what will lead you down to the paths of death. Can I get an amen, somebody? The word of God ain't going to do that for you. Y'all follow? Y'all can say amen. <laughs> that 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 is, um, it's true. Now, <clears throat> this is what Jesus said. Um, in the the Beatitudes, uh, where is it at again? Uh, okay, it's Matthew chapter seven, verse one. <coughs> And this te this tends to be the verse that's always quoted. Do not judge or you too will be judged. That tends to be the verse almost every sinner uh, knows. 
they don't even know John 3.16 sometimes. And that's a very famous passage of scripture, but they certainly know this passage. And uh, it's the passage that every backslider knows. I know that you know that that's true. Every backslider knows uh, don't judge or, or you will be judged. But here's, here's an interesting thing about that. When someone says don't judge or you're judging me, it's self-defeating because they're making a judgment that you're making a judgment. Do you see that? So you just respond back and say, are you judging me judging you? They don't like that though. <laughs> now, what it really means is let me sin in peace. That if we can repackage it, they just say, let me sin in peace. Leave me alone. Right? Now, there there's another side where I think that I think that the heart of what some some people are getting at who are genuine is don't look over me like you're better and speak down to me. Don't, you know, help me. If you are going to correct me, help me. Don't leave me here by myself. Don't don't say what needs to be said in a real harsh way. Right? And I think I think there's validity to that. Um but um nonetheless it says do not judge or you too will be judged now notice this is in the context of jesus speaking to his saints his his apostles his disciples his disciples are learned ones so they're students unto the master <clears throat> for he says for in the same way you judge others you too will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you now no, this is what he this is what he qualifies it with he says in verse 3 why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Okay. So we see here that the heart of what he's getting at is hypocrisy. And here's the reason why. Verse 4. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So in other words, he's saying, be quiet until you deal with your own stuff first. Don't, don't even speak on a matter until you first get your issues dealt with. Because he says you will not even be able to see clearly to administer a correction unless first you're taking this stuff out of your own eye. Amen. I remember somebody said, you got a plank in your eye. I said, brother, you got a forest in yours. <laughs> you got a whole forest up. <laughs> because they were clearly out of line. This was, you know, years back, but I, I was kind of being joking with it, but... <clears throat> but the point though is that sometimes um, people are going to try to correct you who are themselves blinded to the very thing they're trying to correct you on. It's the thing that they're dealing with and and they're 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 veiled. Um and Jesus is dealing with hypocrisy. He says you have to first take this out then you will be able to see clearly to take it out of your brother or sister's eye. 
okay? And I think one of the things that helps us for those who have taken it out have become very familiar with the struggle of how hurtful it is to take these things out. You ever get like a, you know, like a dust in your eye and your eye just start watering, just bothers you, right? And maybe you have to wash it out or whatever, you know. Um, so it's a disturbance and it, it takes some effort to get this stuff out. And I think what that does for us is to stir up sympathy in our hearts for the person who's dealing with the thing that we had struggled with. Amen. That's why, you know, Paul says, he says, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you fall. And so meekness is a restraint of power. There's so much you can say in a certain way you can say it, but you don't. You, you reserve, you say, no, they need to hear it this way. Um, you know, brother, sister, this is, hey. You know, but the heart of what he's getting at is hypocrisy. So uh, the reason why I also bring this up is this is not a, a shield to ward off any correction to say, don't judge. Because Paul, in fact, says, we're supposed to judge the church. He says, am I to judge outsiders? No. Now, what he is not saying, he said, he's not saying don't make judgments about those who are outsiders. But what he was talking about in context is excommunication, discipline in the church. He said, I don't, I don't have anything to do with them. The world governs the, their own. But as far as the church is concerned, the ministers are the ones that administer discipline, excommunication, and correction, and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> lastly, he says this. Verse, we'll read verse 5 again, then uh, verse 6, then we'll close. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Um, you know, remember that proverb where it says inter intermeddling with someone else's dispute is like taking a dog by the ears? Or rebuke a mocker and you'll incur injury? It's wisdom. Don't always, don't always, you know, Socrates said this. He said, a wise man speaks because he has something to say a fool because he has to say something Amen. learn when is appropriate to say and to whom you say it because if 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 you don't you'll just incur injury and then you'll say i'm suffering for the gospel <laughs> you're suffering for foolishness you're just not wise and you, you'll, you'll, you'll post a black eye on Instagram. Look, everybody, I'm suffering. <laughs> Look, I'm a martyr. <laughs> give, me my, my, give me my stripes. I've earned them. I, I, don't, I, really, I don't like that. I think he gives us a really bad name. And they're just, they're like, I don't know, they're treating like uh, the world like crash dummies. Just an experiment to see how good of a response they can get out of them. And they're, you know. <clears throat> but um, 
this is the last verse Hebrews 3 verse 13 it says this it says um, well let, let me read two verse uh, chapter 2 verse 1 we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away okay and then um, chapter 3 verse 13 uh, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that no one, none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So you want to avoid the deceitfulness of sin that will harden your heart? I do. I don't want sin to harden my heart. Because once it starts hardening, that's a scary thing. Amen. You want to know one of the ways that your sin, your heart is not hardening is that you're open to hear what the word of the Lord has, has to say to your life. And you're not trying to hide in the shadows or in the dark or to avoid people or to avoid gathering, right? Um, unfortunately, it's a sad thing, but there's some people I know, uh, I know that are living in sin and they, have, they haven't come for months. And, and it's because, you know, they're dealing this with that or the other. I still pray for them. And um, I don't look down on anybody. Um, but, you know, that's what sin does to you. It makes you feel out of place, misplaced, you know. <coughs> but um, let not sin harden our hearts. But the way that he's saying is to exhort one another daily. So what does that mean? There has to be a habit of making a priority to continue to, number one, meet, right? Because we have a great way of putting the snooze alarm on our conscience, saying, I don't want to hear that, Holy Spirit. I don't want that conviction right now. So when you hear the word, which is supreme, it's continuing to throw daggers at that sin and say deal with it deal with it deal with it deal with it and and do not make shipwreck of your faith because the bible says the end goal of the command is a a clear conscience a sincere faith and a pure heart and some of us don't have a clear conscience because we're continuing to do the same thing that we ought not to be doing and this isn't condemnation. This is correction. This is for our upbuilding. This is so that we can be in alignment so that our lives can be a life of peace and joy and prosperity. Amen. God isn't a cosmic killjoy. God is wanting to make for your benefit, make for your profit, make for your prosperity, make for your joy, make for your peace. The life of the spirit is peace, but those whose minds are set on the flesh, it's corruption, it's distress, it's it's not a good thing. It doesn't make you joyous. Lastly is uh, Hebrews 10 verse uh, uh, 25, uh, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know why? Because your flesh ain't going to spur you to good works and love. 
is going to spur you to just sit back, relax, coast on, and say, forget everybody else. But what does it say? Let us consider. So you, if I say, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered uh, marrying her? Have you considered moving here? Have you? There's a lot to ponder on. And the Bible says, consider how we may spur one another toward love. So put effort in this. Amen, somebody? Not giving, Amen. meeting Amen. up Amen. together. Hallelujah. So the way that we're doing this is facilitated by our meeting together. So don't put this on just the back burner and say, if I get around to it. Or how about this? If my life starts falling around in shambles, then I'll reach out for prayer. Ah. Can someone say, ouch, right? Hopefully no one can say ouch here. Maybe that, hopefully that's not us. But I, I pray that it's not us. Right? Let us not do this it when our lives now if your life is come crumbling down know that the church is always here know that it's a safe haven it's a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and they are safe but let it not be so amen think about how you can spur others to good work think about your brother think about your sister think about them By this will all men know you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. Let us love one another. We can't be rich towards God and poor towards our brother and our sister. Amen. <clears throat> so um right, let's let's pray now. <clears throat> 